2: You are listening to RotoViz Radio, a fantasy football podcast, with your host, Matthew Friedman.
3: Hey everyone, I'm Matt Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle of the Action Network and RotoViz. Welcome to a special edition of RotoViz Radio. Today we are talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. In between the NFL combine and the draft, I'm interviewing beat reporters for every franchise, 32 teams, 32 beat writers, and 32 episodes. We are covering team needs, free agency, draft rumors, basically everything between now and day one of the draft. For this episode, I'm joined by Ed Kratz, an Eagles beat writer for Eagles Wire on USA Today. In this episode, he talks with us about the rehabilitation of Carson Wentz, the impact the departures of offensive coordinator Frank Reich and quarterbacks coach John DeFilippo might have on the team, and the Eagles' plans for the first round of the draft. Before we get to the guest, I'd like to remind you that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a RotoViz NFL pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the premium NFL content on the site and it supports the pod. All right, let's get to the guest. Please welcome to the show Ed Kratz of the Eagles Wire on USA Today. You can follow him on Twitter at Kratz E. Ed, thanks for taking the time to talk with us.
4: Hey, thanks, Matt. My pleasure.
3: Uh, Let's jump into it. It is a fantastic time of year. The draft is less than two weeks away, uh, and the Eagles are world champions. Uh, I don't think anyone really would have expected that uh, a year ago, but this is where we are, and amazingly, it happened without Carson Wentz on the field. What can you tell us about his recovery?
4: Uh, well, it, as far as his recovery goes, it's going pretty well. I mean, all accounts are, I mean, you know, he's posted some videos of himself throwing a football and, uh, you know, everything seems to be progressing nicely. I don't expect him to uh, play obviously in any of the preseason games this August. Um, but again, we'll see about that today. Uh, Monday, uh, is the first day that players, uh, are able to report. It's kind of a conditioning thing. So, Uh, You know, I guess at this point, you know, going forward, we'll find out exactly where Wentz is in his recovery. Um, But, you know, I I think that, you know, when you look back you know, Donovan McNabb back in 2006 tore his ACL in November. uh, And, you know, he came back in 2007. uh, He played in the preseason and was healthy, but he just didn't seem to be the same guy. He took a lot of sacks more than normal. And the team's offense went from sixth in the league down to, I think, 17th. Uh, that season when he came back. So you know, coming back from an ACL is a challenge mentally and physically. And uh, you know, we'll see if Wentz is able to handle that.
3: All right. So Nick Foles is there as the backup. Uh, it seems as if he is firmly entrenched with the team for 2018, right? Like barring any sort of miraculous uh, trade or something, he's there, right? And he's he's going to be the guy as the backup.
4: Uh, yeah. He'll, uh, yeah. And he could, you know, depending on Wentz's uh, health, he'll he could start the season. Um, but right now, yeah, he'll take all the reps, uh, you know, as these OTAs start to pick up in, uh, May and then the mini camp arrives in June, he'll be the guy taking the snaps with Nate Sudfeld, um, you know, taking those, uh, backup snaps. Uh, the Eagles really like Nate Sudfeld. They spent the whole off season singing his praises and they would be quite comfortable with him stepping in, uh, should something crazy happen, uh, with Foles and a trade develop, uh. You know, remember a couple of years ago when Sam Bradford was supposed to be the starter going into the 2016 season, uh, and then Teddy Bridgewater had that knee injury, and the Vikings felt they were close, so they gave up a first-round pick for Bradford. The Eagles turned that into Derek Barnett last year, who, you know, to me, had one of the better rookie seasons uh, of anybody, uh, made some huge plays uh, during the season, including in the Super Bowl, getting that key fumble recovery uh, of Brady to kind of set up the you know, the game-winning field goal for the Eagles. Uh, So, you know, if something like that were to develop, nothing's etched in stone. I think the Eagles would part with Foles and, you know, turn this over to Nate Sudfeld. And, you know, they could end up drafting a quarterback later in this draft. Uh, They do like to draft quarterbacks uh, every couple years. And, you know, this feels like a year where maybe they'll do that.
3: All right. The backfield, uh, Jay Ajayi is there, um, but he's obviously not the only guy. He's supplemented with a, a number of runners there. His contract uh, runs out after this year. Uh, what do you think we should expect to see with him, and how the uh, the workload in that backfield is going to be split?
4: Yeah, yeah, like you said, Ajayi's in his final year of his rookie deal, and he also has that knee uh, uh, situation. You know, he's got the knee uh, kind of a degenerative knee situation where he can't always participate in practice. You know, the uh, teams like the Dolphins and then the Eagles after they acquired him kind of rested him uh, from practice occasionally. Uh, just to preserve that knee. So, really, those are two big issues with Ajayi. Like you said, he's in the final year of his deal and then the knee. Um, but, you know, Peterson, Doug Peterson likes to rotate his running backs just like, you know, uh, defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz likes to rotate his defensive lineman. You know, we saw that last year, you know, with Corey Clement, Jay Ajayi, and LeGarrette Blunt all taking significant carries, playing a role in the passing game. So now they lose one of those pieces, and LeGarrette Blount, who leaves for free agency to go to Detroit, you still have Corey Clement, obviously, who to me was one of the league's biggest surprises last year. He scored seven touchdowns between catching, you know, receiving, and running. And he had the, the, the catch in the Super Bowl uh, against the Patriots. So they still have Clement. They still have Ajayi. They're going to rotate those two guys heavily. It's going to be interesting to see what Donnell Pumphrey has. He was drafted in the fourth round last year. He's the uh, all-time leading rusher in NCAA uh, history came from San Diego State. He was kind of drafted with an eye toward replacing Darren Sproles. He's similar in size and stature, speed, shiftiness, but you know, really there's only one Darren Sproles, so you know, it's a high bar. But Pumphrey struggled as a rookie. Uh they put him on IR at the end of the summer. Uh but he's back. So it'll be interesting to see where he might fit into this thing. And then uh you know, you still have Wendell Smallwood who uh was inactive for all but two games after the Eagles acquired Jay Ajayi. He's shown flashes His problem has been the ability to stay healthy for long periods. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk with the draft. The Eagles went to Louisiana to visit LSU's Darius Geis, uh, and they're also hosting him this week on a visit. That's a lot of interest to show in somebody. Two years ago when they drafted Wentz uh, Peterson and uh, Vice President Howie Roseman flew to North Dakota to meet with Wentz, talk to some people in his hometown about him to get to know him better. So, you know, they went to Louisiana to talk to Geis and to talk to some people in his support group. And uh, that, to me, is a high level of interest. Now, whether or not Geis is going to be there at 32 and the Eagles decide to pull the trigger on him is, is another story. But to me, they need to find a running back at some point because I think Ajayi is kind of a one-year guy and gone. Smallwood, like I said, with the injuries, cannot be counted on. Pump for you don't know. So really that leaves you uh, with Corey Clement. Uh, so they're going to draft somebody at running back, whether it's Geis at 32 or somebody else, or if maybe later in the draft, say like an Alabama's Bo Scarborough is sitting there in the fourth round, maybe they, you know, pull the trigger on him. But they're going to get a, a running back in this in this draft for sure.
3: Interesting. Looking at the wide receiver group, uh, obviously they extended Alshon Jeffries' contract. Nelson Aguilar, he signed for 2018, the club has the option for 2019, Uh, and then Mike Wallace was just added. Uh, What are your thoughts on this wide receiver group, and uh, specifically on Nelson Aguilar and what we might see with his contract?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, Aguilar certainly put himself in a good position to uh, at least have the Eagles think about picking up that fifth-year option on his deal. Of course, he'll play this year, and then they have that option for uh, the 2019 season, should he continue to show Uh, What he did last year, which was, uh, you know, he really uh, caught the ball better, uh, flashed some speed. I mean, Nelson Aguilar was uh, huge uh, with this offense last year. If he continues along that uh, path upward, then I think he'll have his contract option picked up uh, or maybe even renegotiated and add a couple more years and kind of space that money out for salary cap reasons. So, you know, it's, it's all the ball is in his court, in my opinion. Eagles like him. He really developed into what they thought he could be when they drafted him in the first round in 2015. Uh, so you know we'll, we'll have to just wait and see if he's able to maintain uh, that sort of tra- you know that uh, ascendance that he showed last year. Um, you, you know you mentioned Mike Wallace. He's kind of a stopgap guy. They got rid of Torrey Smith. They traded him to Carolina. Um, but you know Matt Collins. You know he got some snaps last year in place of Torrey Smith. He you know he was drafted kind of as a special teams guy, but Uh, You know, he got some time uh, catching the ball as well. Had a big play against Washington, a 70-plus-yard touchdown catch that he had. He's got speed deep. Um, So I expect that he might have a little bit of a bigger role on the offense this year. Uh, And then Shelton Gibson, who was a kid that really didn't play a whole lot last year. He played late on special teams. He was a uh, fifth-round pick last year out of West Virginia. He has some speed. You know, they may even use him to return kicks. But, you know, they have these two kids that, they drafted Hollins and Gibson last year that they want to see, take that, that second year step that, you know, players tend to make uh, if they're any good, Uh, you know, and the Eagles like Darius Geist, they've shown a lot of interest in SMU's Cortland Sutton in the draft, maybe to a lesser extent, Maryland's DJ Moore, Uh, you know, they could pull the trigger there at 32 on a receiver. Uh, Someone that can kind of come in and learn the NFL without a whole lot of pressure on him to be the man, um Sutton's been compared to Alshon Jeffrey big bodied guy good red zone target uh but you know you're looking at the Cowboys who draft obviously earlier than the Eagles and they need a wide receiver after letting uh Des Bryant go so you know maybe they get one of those guys or a Calvin Ridley so uh you know the Eagles could pull the trigger first round on a receiver at 32 or the, you know maybe they go later for someone like maybe Penn State's Deshaun Hamilton if he's sitting there uh Washington's uh Dante Pettis Uh, who can also return kicks, and Eagles are looking for someone to return kicks. So, you know, maybe they go later in the draft on a receiver, kind of like a running back. I think that's what they're going to do is if they don't go early with a receiver at number one, uh, then they'll go later, I think, at some point on on a receiver.
3: What about tight end? I mean, obviously the team has Zacherts, uh, who's incredibly important to what they do. Last year they had Trey Burton, who is good as a, a number two tight end and also uh did well when he had to uh to fill in for Zach Ertz. Is tight end a position the team is likely to address in the draft? Yeah,
4: again again, like running back and receiver, yeah, they need to get a tight end. I mean, they like to have depth at that spot. They, you know, Brent Selleck, obviously they released. He you know, he hasn't been signed. Maybe he retires. Uh I doubt that the Eagles will re-sign him for a veteran minimum. I doubt he'll come back and do that. But yeah, Trey Burton leaving was, was a big, leave the, leaves a big hole. So, um, I doubt they would go for a tight end at 32. I know there's been talk that maybe they'll draft that kid from South Dakota State, Dallas Goddard, or maybe even Penn State's Mike Gasicki. But I, I'd be surprised if they went with a, a pass catching tight end, even though it could create all sorts of headaches for a defensive coordinator trying to stop Ertz and a guy like Gasicki or Goddard. Uh, but you know, maybe they want to find a, dra- uh, a tight end later in the draft who can block. Uh, that was kind of Cellek's role toward the end of his career. Was very good at it in the run game. Uh, and the best blocking tight end in this draft, who I think is considered the best blocking tight end anyway, is a kid from San Diego State, David Wells. Uh, that could be sitting there in the fifth or sixth round. Maybe they take a flyer on him, uh, kind of as a blocking tight end. Or Stanford's Dalton Schultz is out there also. He's good friends with Earth. He's considered a very good. Uh, blocking tight end. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they they have a kid, Billy Brown, that spent the year on their practice squad who was a receiver in college, a Division II school. I think it was Fairmont State in West Virginia uh, that he came from, uh, or maybe Glenville. I can't remember, it was a small Division II school in West Virginia where Billy Brown came from, and he's a big guy that they tried to convert into a tight end. He spent the year learning the tight end position, switching over from wide receiver, but he showed some flashes last year during training camp, and they like him. So, you know, he could find a home on the 53-man roster, uh, you know, by the time this season begins.
2: Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event, even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
3: Looking at the offensive line, uh, a fantastic unit. All of the starters have at least five NFL seasons, uh, but Jason Peters is coming off of an injury. Some of the guys are starting to get a little bit older. Uh, Do you think they might look to make a serious investment in the offensive line?
4: Yeah, I I do. I think um, I absolutely do. I think, you know, again, if if there's a a lineman that slips to 32, maybe they go that direction, like a a kid like Colton Miller from UCLA or Notre Dame's Mike McGlinchey. If they're sitting there at 32, uh, you know, the Eagles will have a decision to make where they want to go. Do they want to go running back? Do they want to go receiver or, or line? They're a team, the Eagles, that likes to build from the front out, they like to keep their lines as strong and deep as possible, both offensive line and defensive line. Um, you know, Halapulavati Vaitai did a pretty good job stepping in for Peters last year. Vitae is just in his second year. Uh, you know, he, he proved to be pretty darn good. So, you know, they have him. They have a kid they drafted uh, uh, right after they took Carson Wentz. Siamalu, uh, Isaac Siamalu, who was, I think took a little bit of a step back last year. But, you know, he's a guy that they're counting on maybe in the interior at guard or or center, uh, down the line. He's a young guy, but you know, they do like to fortify the lines and you do have to look at Jason Peters. We'll see what he has coming back off of that, uh, pretty serious knee injury that he had, you know, he's 35 or six now, not getting any younger. Obviously he's taking up a huge chunk of their salary cap. Um, so I don't, you know, obviously he won't be, you know, if he's even on the team this year, I think he will be, but it, it's probably going to be his last year. So yeah, you start I have to start looking at that. You know, you Stefan Wisniewski, one of your guards, he's, you know, he's a veteran player. Uh, Jason Kelsey, one of the best centers in the league. He's still fairly young, but, you know, he's you know he's getting near 30 now also. So, uh, you know, they do have to start looking at that. Of course, Lane Johnson at right tackle was still young, probably one of the best right tackles in the league. But, yeah, you, you always want to build your lines as strong as you can. You see what happens when you kind of neglect them, which is what, you know, has given the New York Giants some fits in the past. The Indianapolis Colts have struggled. Uh, with their offensive line play. So, you know, you want to keep that as strong as you can. And if there's somebody sitting there at 32 that they think could have been a top 25 pick and is still there on that line, maybe they go, you know, in that direction at 32. Uh,
3: so, in general, on offense, uh, even as it regards the 32nd the uh, pick, but really just in general, kind of, it, it seems like because the team has no huge glaring needs, it's almost just best player available at any of the positions. Does that seem right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And that's really kind of the approach. You should take no matter where you're drafting. Is take the best player available. If you draft for need, you might find yourself getting, you know, getting into some trouble uh, down the line. So, you know, it's tough to say. I, you know, to, to not draft for need, especially when you're not top ten or fifteen. But you're right, sitting at 32 with a roster that won the Super Bowl. Uh, it did have some losses, you know, in free agency guys that they released also, but. You know, it's still a very strong roster and a roster that they can afford to kind of look down the line a little bit uh, at contract situations and see where they might need some help, you know, in 2019 and beyond.
3: Looking at the defensive side of the ball, specifically the front seven, the defensive line is so strong, so deep, uh, but the linebacking unit isn't quite as established. Uh, Jordan Hicks is coming off of an injury. Michael Kendricks is, you know, the perpetual subject of trade rumors. Uh, How does the team feel about its linebackers?
4: Well, I think them re-signing uh, Nigel Bradham to a contract, and it's a really friendly type of a deal where they can kind of cut him at any point. But, you know, Nigel Bradham was huge for this team last year. He was probably – well, he was their best linebacker, uh, in my opinion, last year, and he did a lot, especially when Hicks went out. You know, the Eagles don't use a lot of three linebackers on the field at at, at once. You know, they, they play a lot of nickel uh, defense. So, really, you know, you need those two – kind of mainstay linebackers, and then the third would kind of rotate in uh, depending on the situation. So, you know, Jordan Hicks, if he comes back healthy from that Achilles and all signs are he's fine and he will. Um, but, again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see about that. And then you have Bradham. Uh, you know, you mentioned Michael Kendricks. Uh, you know, he he's a guy that does kind of feel like he doesn't fit, uh, especially when the Eagles did some upgrading here. They signed a couple free agent linebackers, Corey Nelson from Denver and Paul Warlow from Detroit. They also have a kid, Nathan Jerry, who uh, was drafted last year in the sixth round. Uh, he played defensive back at Nebraska, and he spent his rookie season learning how to play linebacker. Got a lot of work in at special teams. You know, Again, that's that second-year step-up you want to see from players. We'll see if Jerry can make that jump uh, in his second year uh you know and and Kendricks where would they have been last year without him when they lost ticks I mean he was a real mainstay to that defense so the Eagles aren't just going to give him away but I expect them to shop him heavily uh in the days leading up to the draft and even during the draft all
3: right the secondary is uh fairly set with Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills at cornerback and then Malcolm Jenkins and uh, Rodney McLeod at safety uh but the team just released Daryl Worley uh so Seemingly, they are now in the market for a third cornerback. And this rookie class is actually pretty deep at the position. Do you think the team might look for a cornerback in round one?
4: Yeah, they they absolutely could. They've shown some interest in some guys in round one. But, you know, don't forget Sidney Jones, too, the Eagles have. He was, you know, he's been coming off an Achilles injury that he suffered during his pro day uh, last March. Uh, Had he not had that Achilles tear, Sidney Jones was considered a top 10, 15 pick in the entire draft if not the number one cornerback in the draft him and Marshawn Lattimore who went to New Orleans but you know Sidney Jones is a real talent uh you know he spent the year kind of rehabbing learning uh the system but he did get some time against Dallas and that meeting was regular season finale so he does have a little bit of taste of the NFL but uh you know he's almost like having another draft pick Sidney Jones so you know you start looking at Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills and Sidney Jones, and then they're pretty high on Rasul Douglas, who they drafted in the third round last year. So they're all young kids, guys that, uh, you know, they're hoping can become the next Legion of Boom, if you will, a young cornerback group that can grow together, kind of like Seattle's did, uh, you know, back in the day. Of course, that, you know, that's no longer the Legion of Boom there, but, you know, the Eagles have that kind of ability at the corner now with young, talented players. Um, But again, that losing Patrick Robinson in free agency, who played the heck out of that slot cornerback spot, they're going to have to got, find a guy that can play inside. And, you know, you mentioned the safeties, Jenkins and McLeod, you, you know, they might want to go first round with a safety because they're not re-signing Corey Graham, who was a vital part of Schwartz's defense last year, uh, did a lot at third safety position. So they're going to need to groom someone like uh, to replace Jenkins, who's getting older. And McLeod has some pretty uh, hefty salary cap numbers coming up. Uh, over the the length of the deal that he signed when he was a free agent a couple of years back. So, you know, maybe they go with like an Alabama's Ronnie Harrison at 32 or Stanford's Justin Reed. They've shown a lot of interest in both those guys. Um or or you know, even maybe later Marcus Allen, uh the Penn State kid, I don't know where he'll come off the board. But yeah, I expect the Eagles to look pretty heavily at the defensive back spot.
3: Looking at uh you know day two and maybe even day three are there any, uh, and, and you've mentioned some prospects, but any any prospects who, uh, you know, whether they've been linked to the team or not, but any guys who really stand out uh, in what you've read or heard as guys who just seem to fit with what the Eagles might want to do, guys who might be kind of like the quote-unquote like Eagles type of character?
4: Yeah, well, he, here's the issue is they don't have a pick on that second day. They don't have a second or third round pick, uh, you know, so they have two in the fourth, they have two in the fifth, and they have a six and a seventh, so... You know there's the school of thought that if someone's not there at thirty two that they were hoping really hoping would be there that perhaps they trade back a few spots and uh get out of the first round and pick up another pick or two you know later on maybe in the third round or later in the second round um you know so there's that school of thought but there there are some guys out there I know that you know they're they're pretty high on you know some guys that maybe like a Brandon parker who's a uh, an offensive tackle out of North Carolina A&T. You know, these are small school guys that, you know, they like to look at those uh, small schools to mine some of their talent. There's a cornerback from uh, Central Arkansas, Tremont Smith, uh, who they could look at. Uh, so, you know, there there are some guys out there that fit into what they like to do as far as character and, and things of that nature. So uh, without a second and third round pick, though, it's going to be difficult. Uh, to kind of get those guys. So they're going to have to look at later round guys and uh, factor in all the things they like, character, scheme fit, uh, need, uh, you know, that kind of situation. So we'll see. I mean, I, my opinion is that I think you're going to trade out of that 32 spot and go down a couple spots. But again, it depends on how the draft unfolds and you know, if guys start to slip because it's a quarterback heavy draft and a lot of quarterbacks could go early, which would help the Eagles as far as maybe pushing someone down the board that they like. So Uh, If there's somebody there at 32, yeah, they'll pull the trigger if they like them. But my opinion is I think they're going to trade back a few spots, maybe with the Cleveland Browns, uh, but we'll see.
3: All right, Ed, this was fantastic. One final question. On the coaching staff, offensive coordinator Frank Reich and quarterback coach John DiFilippo, they're now both gone. Doug Peterson obviously is still there to run everything, but how do you think the departure of those guys will impact the offense?
4: Yeah, I mean – I think they'll be OK. I think they had they they, they promoted from within. Uh, they brought Press Taylor up, who was kind of, uh, you, you know, he's their quarterback's coach. Uh, he played quarterback in college. So, you know, he, he knows Wentz well. They have a good uh, relationship. Um, Press Taylor and, and Carson Wentz do, as well as Nick Foles and, and Nate Sunfeld. You know, Taylor's been on this staff for a couple of years now. Uh, so he's been promoted the quarterbacks coach, and then they promoted uh, Mike Groh, the receivers coach, to offensive coordinator. And you know, Mike Groh did a great job with the receivers last year. You know, obviously his father Al Groh was a head coach, uh, you know, for the New York Jets and at the University of Virginia. Uh, he was pretty heavily involved in the game planning last year as a receivers coach. Um, so I think promoting from within will will kind of help them. They do have a new receivers coach that they brought in. Uh, From the outside, Gunter Brewer, um, who everybody seems to to like. Uh, But I think losing Reich, uh, obviously, to the the Indianapolis Colts, that could be a factor. I know him and Peterson had a real close relationship, and uh, they would spend the night before every game, just the two of them, Uh, sitting wherever it was, whether it was a home game, sitting in the team facility or on the road, sitting in a conference room or one of their rooms, just kind of fine-tuning that scripted uh, playbook that each team uses, you know, the first 15 to 20 plays. They would just sit there for, you know, two, three hours, just kind of bouncing ideas off each other uh, and putting together those 15 to 20 plays to start a game. Um, They had a terrific relationship. So, you know, they were both former quarterbacks, in the NFL, obviously Peterson and Reich backup quarterback. So, you know, that kind of lended itself to, to that relationship. So I, you know, I think losing Reich, he was a terrific guy. I hope he does a great job in Indianapolis, but I, I think losing him and kind of that mentorship uh, and friendship that him and Peterson had developed, uh, you know, it, it could be a little bit difficult to overcome, but again, they promoted from within, they know who these guys are. So I don't think it'll leave uh, too big of a mark.
3: All right, Ed, this was fantastic. Thanks for all of your insight, and we hope to talk with you again as we get closer to the season.
4: Hey, anytime, Matt. Thank you.
3: We just finished speaking with Ed Kratz, an Eagles beat writer for the Eagles Wire on USA Today. We covered a lot. Here are some of the thoughts I have coming out of our conversation. Uh, We talked about the rehabilitation of Carson Wentz, and right now the plan is for him to start the season um I don't know about that I don't know if that's a great idea uh, and, and I think that's something that's kind of separate from like his healthfulness and whether he actually uh, physically can do it you know he was an MVP candidate before the ACL injury you know probably the MVP front runner and He might not be the same guy as a runner, uh, and you know that's important. That's an important part of his game. You know, think of the Robert Griffin III injury and how that impacted, you know, slash derailed his career. Obviously, there's a difference between Wentz and RG3 in terms of their throwing capabilities. Um, but Wentz, his I believe his ability as a passer will even be impacted if he can't do all the things previously as a runner that he could do and then even <clears throat> if you look at previous quarterbacks who have come off of ACL injuries they are often even just as passers like your prototypical Tom Brady type of pocket passers those guys normally aren't as productive as passers and you know my my theory on this and this is obviously just a theory. It's, you know, been years since I've practiced medicine. Um, that was a joke. I don't have a medical degree. Anyway, my theory on this is that even if the ACL is structurally sound and everything is fine with the knee, um, you know, the guys just aren't quite as mobile. <coughs> they can't maneuver in the pocket as well. And they also probably don't have quite as steady of a base. From which they are throwing, and that can impact their accuracy, uh, their ability to deliver the ball quickly. I I think it still impacts them. Like, footwork, if, if you talk to quarterback gurus or listen to quarterback gurus, you know, someone like Josh Norris, or, you know, like, they will say, like, what happens in the bottom half of a quarterback, what happens with his feet and his legs, like, that is just as important as what happens with his arm. Right? And so if a guy has torn an ACL, I think it makes sense that you know, the bottom half of his body is not quite as strong as it used to be, and that would impact his ability to throw, not just his ability to run. You know, so Carson Wentz suffered his knee injury near the end of the season, um, even if he is able to come back um, you know, to start the season. I don't know if it's a good idea for that to happen. Right, um, you know the team is keeping Nick Foles. Um, it seems unlikely that there's going to be a draft day trade for him. I think the team should think of Foles as the starter at the beginning of the season. Not that he is taking Wince's job, but that because Foles is there, Wince has the luxury to rehab fully. He has the luxury, kind of quote unquote, to over rehab. Right, he doesn't need to rush back. I think the worst thing that the team could do is put its franchise quarterback on the field too soon. And I think too soon might even be um, kind of within that window when a a team would think, "Okay, we can put this guy on the field, right? Just because Carson Wentz can go out there and be 80 or 90 percent of the quarterback uh, or the athlete that he used to be. That doesn't mean they should do it, right? Why not wait till he is fully back? You know, give him him practice snaps. Let him continue to rehab during some of the season. And then you can bring him back. I really think um, bringing him back to start the season is probably doing it too soon, right? But the worst thing they could do is put him on the field before he's ready, right? Especially when they don't need to because they have a highly competent backup quarterback who could lead the offense to start the year. right? That's the point of having Foles and not trading him so that Wentz doesn't need to rush back. Now, I think the Eagles are a smart organization. Um, you know, They've been a smart organization for years. They tend to do a lot of things well. I think they can probably be trusted um, when it comes to the rehabilitation and Reintegration of Carson Wentz into the offense, um, but this will be—I mean—I think this is the storyline. Maybe not just for the Eagles, but the storyline for the NFL of the season. Does does Wentz come back, and what does he look like when he comes back? How soon does he come back? Um, if he comes back and he's you know he's the guy that he was last year, you know, I mean the the Eagles at that point I think would be front runners. To win the Super Bowl, there's just a big question around wins. When does he come back and what does he look like? Also, I mean, and I think this is, people know about this, but it's underrated, I think. Um, The impact or the potential impact that the departures of offensive coordinator Frank Reich and quarterback coach John DiFilippo might have on the team, um, people are kind of ignoring that. Like, I think their absence will be felt. Peterson is obviously the guy who runs that offense. But last year, really the last 2 years, right? He's been able to have a kind of quote-unquote second self, right? The the problem with a lot of um, a lot of hands-on coaches who still run their side of the ball is that they can't they can't be as effective as head coaches because they're still basically trying to be coordinators. With Frank Reich there, Peterson was basically able to delegate a lot of stuff to Reich. So Peterson could still be the uh, effective big-picture thinker because he had Reich helping him out. He had someone to make sure that the small details that are still important, but the smaller details were taken care of. Right? He might not have that right away with the new offensive coordinator. Right? It takes some time to develop that partnership. So that might be something that impacts the team uh, in ways that aren't quite as obvious. And then also the absence of John DeFilippo. Um, I mean, that guy has done fantastic work when it's come to developing quarterbacks, you know, Carson Wentz rehabilitating Nick Foles, um, you know, coming out of the Jeff Fisher era. Foles was considering retirement and You know, Filippo was able to help him get back to his, you know, big dick Nick ways. Um, so the impact of those two guys not being there, I think it's going to, it's going to be there. Um, people don't really think about it so much, but Reich and Filippo they were important parts of what that offense was doing. It should still be the same offense. It just might not function quite as well. Um... One thing that is interesting, though, is that in terms of the running game, it might be better this year. You have a full offseason with Jay Ajayi to learn the offense, and you have Corey Clement entering his second season in the league. Right, The combination of those two guys could be really good, and it could be better this year than it was last year, just you know, because of the natural development of having those guys with more time in the system. In, in the conversation with ed one thing that i thought was interesting uh is that the team is looking at the skill position players in the first round um you know if darius guys falls to number 32 he could be the pick even though the eagles don't have a big need at the running back position you know the same with wide receiver they have alshon they have aglor they have mike wallace they have Hollins and gibson on the bench and they're reportedly very interested in those guys so that's five wide receivers right there. Um, but if Cortland Sutton or DJ Moore, maybe even Calvin Ridley, if one of them falls that far, the Eagles could take them. I thought it was interesting that they are looking for a tight end, which makes sense because they have very little depth behind Zachary to this point. But what they are really looking for is a tight end who can block. right? So much focus has been given to the departure of Trey Burton. Um, and that makes sense because he was an athletic guy. He was the guy who really filled in uh, for Zach Ertz and supplemented what he did as a receiving tight end. Uh, But people also forget about Brent Selleck, and he's no longer with the team. And he played a lot of snaps as the second tight end on the field, right? And specifically, his role was to be the guy who could block, right? So the Eagles, they do need to add tight end depth, but that almost certainly won't be in round one. And the team doesn't have a pick in round two. Right, they might trade down in round one, and they could pick up, uh, you know, an extra round two or a day two pick. But it's notable that they think of blocking tight end as the bigger need than a second receiving tight end behind Ertz. Um, you know that that I think is actually significant. But in terms of the Eagles' plans for the first round of the draft, I mean, it's like what what do you get the team that has everything, right? They have probably the deepest roster in the league. They have no obvious needs. You know, pick number thirty-two is value city. It's all about drafting the guy who shouldn't have fallen that far. And Ed mentioned that the team you know might like an offensive lineman at number thirty-two, an eventual uh, replacement for Peters at at left tackle. Um, you know, or maybe you know if one of the kind of premier defensive tackles falls to that pick, you know that could be the guy. You know, they they value those guys in the trenches. Yeah, you know, but really at that point it's it's impossible to predict really where this team is going to go with that pick or if they will trade down because I mean no one has <coughs> sorry, no one has much idea what's gonna happen in the first thirty-one picks. You know, you know that it is highly probable that say, you know, like twenty. 20 guys could be off the board like you could identify those guys in advance to say like by pick 32 these 20 guys will almost certainly be off the board but after that it it gets kind of gray and so you really have no idea what the eagles are going to going to do especially because they have no needs so you know we're just sort of sitting here like hey no idea Honestly, whatever they they do, it probably won't matter much for 2018 anyway. It will matter for the future, but 2018 is basically all about Wentz's health. Uh, Even so, if they happen to draft a guy like Geis or Sutton or more, I'm going to be pretty excited. And that's going to do it for this Eagles-focused special edition of Road of His Radio. Be sure to check out the episodes for all the other teams on RotoViz in the podcast feed. I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this special edition of RotoViz Radio, the flagship RotoViz podcast. Special thanks to Hassan Rahim, the producer for this episode, and to Colin Kelly, the assistant executive producer for the podcast channel. Please review the show on iTunes under the Rhodoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, at Gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rodoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rhodovizcom podcast.
1: This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.
2: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history